0: Uh, today we are going to be looking in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse number eighteen. And so, if you have your Bible and, and uh, you would like to turn there, that's where we'll be. And I think once you look at that passage of Scripture, you'll have a, an under a better understanding of why we're looking at it because we are celebrating Thanksgiving this week. Now, I don't know how many of y'all uh, are staying in town, you have family coming in, but I'll say this, Thanksgiving is my, it is my favorite holiday. I love Thanksgiving. Uh, I like it because it is Christmas without the pressure of gifts, all right? I mean, it's fun I mean, because it's got all the, ing- the, the key ingredients for a successful holiday, family, lots of food, and it's like football, and that's all you do. And uh, when, and it brings back, of course, for me. Uh, just a lot of memories that come with Thanksgiving. Uh, when I was a kid, we would always go down to my my grandparents' house. They live in Texas. They lived in Texas, and so we'd go down there and we'd have Thanksgiving with them. All my cousins would come in, and so there's probably you know probably about 30 of us that would come in, and my grandmother would cook an enormous meal. And then and she would have like six or seven desserts. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. And so we would just sit there and we would eat like we were never going to eat again. And so, you know, we'd sit there and eat. And I remember by the time we'd get finished, you know, I mean, my stomach was killing me. And I would make a pledge, like every year, I will never eat another meal for the rest of my life. And so, you know, we'd eat. And then after that, of course, you watch football and then you fall asleep watching football. And then something strange would happen. You know, I'd, I'd wake up. And then I would find myself, you know, in the evening kind of walking back into the kitchen. You know, just sort of graze and looking for some things to eat again. I don't know how that happens, but I would always break my promises about never eating again within just a few hours of having the biggest meal of my life. Now, I like Thanksgiving for those reasons, but it's also, it is a great reminder to us as we celebrate Thanksgiving that we ought to look back and reflect on the blessings that that we've been given throughout the year. And I know that there are people in our church, and you've had, you, you've had a great year. I mean, I know some of you, and your job's gone really well, and you've gotten a promotion, and there, there are others of you, and, you know, you've, uh, you, you know, you've raised your kids, and now it's time for them to, to go off to college. And I know, you know, on the outside, you're really sad, but on the inside, you're like, yes, they're gone. And so, you know, you have all these things to be, to be grateful for and thankful for. But I know there's another side to the story as well. Now, I know that there are people that are in the church. I know people who, who have struggled in their jobs. I know that there are, are companies that are looking to lay off, and so there's some uncertainty there. Um, I know the others that, that you've lost loved ones this year. And so as we celebrate Thanksgiving, I mean, it can be one of those things where you look at it and you're like, man, I don't really think I'm going to enjoy this holiday yeah, because I really don't know what I have to be thankful for. Well, that's why when I look in our passage of Scripture today, I find it to be an interesting passage of Scripture. Because what we discover is that regardless of what our circumstances are, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter and he told believers that regardless of circumstances, we have been called to be thankful. And so I just thought it was appropriate for, appropriate for us as we are celebrating Thanksgiving this week to, to look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and just simply in one verse in verse number 18. Now last week we looked at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and we talked about living in light of the end. And so this week we are talking about living with thanksgiving. And as I shared last week, when Paul wrote this letter, it was to a, a group of Christians or a church that was in northern Greece it's in Thessalonica, it's called Thessaloniki today, it's still a town but during this time it had about 200,000 people that lived there and Paul's ministry if you read about it, it's a really interesting guy, I mean he would go around starting churches all over, really all over the ancient world and this is, one of the, this is one of the cities where he went, he started a church he was there for a while and then he left, well after he left there were people who actually they, they became Christians, they became followers of Jesus and this may be shocking to you, but not everybody was excited about that. And this was a, very, was a very pagan town. And so there's a lot of things that were affected when people became Christians. I mean, one of the things that happened is when people became Christians, it, it did. It affected the economy. Uh, because a lot of these places would sell, they would sell statues of gods for people to worship. Well, when people became Christians, guess what they quit buying And they quit buying those little statues. So it didn't really it was not exactly a great thing for the economy for people to start becoming Christians. And so what was going on in Thessalonica was that the Christians started being persecuted severely because of their faith. So Paul wrote this letter. And he said, I know I know that whenever it's difficult, that one of the hardest things to do is to be thankful. He said, but I want to remind you of something. I want to remind you that God has called you, regardless of your circumstances, to be a people who are thankful. And he says that whenever you become a follower of Jesus, that there are some some levels of of, uh, of thanksgiving that you ought to have in your life. And I believe the same thing is true for us. If you've been touched by Jesus, guys, you have every reason to be thankful. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, but we have every reason to be thankful regardless of our circumstances. I just want to share with you a few different levels of thanksgiving that that, that I see that that need to be in my life, and I believe ought to be in your life as well. And the first level of thanksgiving that we ought to have is we ought to have an attitude of gratitude. That that ought to be our basic attitude in life, that we are a thankful people. If you look in verse number 18, Paul wrote this. He said, Give thanks in everything for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus I'd say one of the biggest questions that that I'm asked over and over again by people is this what is God's will for my life you ever wonder that you know what is what is God's will for your life now I there's a lot of times I ask that question God what is it you want me to do And it would be really neat if God would tell me you know like audibly or you know send me a letter and say, Eric, this is exactly what I want you to do. And I would, I, now that would scare me, you know, just being honest with you, but at least I'd be like, well, I know exactly what he wants me to do. Well, did you know that in our text today, you can know exactly what God's will is for your life. You know what it is? Verse 18 again, He tells us, give thanks in everything. It says, for this is God's will for you. So what's God's will for your life? Real simple to be thankful. To be thankful. So what about whenever things aren't all that good? Well, the psalmist wrote this. He said, "I will bless the Lord at all times." You know what all times means? It means good times and it also means bad times. Now, I know that we we are we are very good. We're very perceptive whenever we have bad times. You know, you know, you know when you have a bad day. I'm sure I could ask one of you all, say, Have any of y'all ever had a bad day before? And I mean, I, most people, you'd raise your hand up and say, Well, tell me about it. And pro- I'm not going to do this because I know some of you could stand up and you could give like a 30 minute testimony of a really bad day that you've had. Now, now we all know, I-, I can tell you a bad day, so we know exactly what a bad day is. Uh, let me give you an example of a bad day. And I've, I-, I love the story. this story. Uh, there was a guy, a young man in Utah. And he was lying in bed, he was in college, and he was in his um, apartment, and he was sound asleep when he felt something like dripping on his head, which is never a good sign. And so he opens up his eyes, and he looks up, and there's a leak in his ceiling. Well, he swings his feet over the side of the bed to stand up. When he does, his feet hit the ground, and they splash. Okay, not good. This has been going on for a while. And so he gets real nervous, he jumps up, he runs over, grabs the phone, calls his landlord, tells him what's going on, landlord says, I'll try to get there as soon as I can. He says, go out and see if you can get a dry vac and start trying to get some of that water up. So he's like, "All right." so he hangs up the phone, he gets dressed, he runs out, he goes to his car, and his car is gone. It's been stolen. And so he's like, oh my gosh, well he's in college, and so he remembers, I almost had no gas in it. So I know they couldn't have gotten far. He runs around the corner, and sure enough, there's this car sitting there. It's been abandoned. Well, he he has to get some friends, of course, because he doesn't have any gas. I have to shove it up a hill back where it was. He gets a little can of gas from one of his friends. He fills it up as much as he can, and then he all of a sudden remembers he has ROTC graduation that day. He's like, Man, I gotta hurry or I'm gonna be late. So he gets in his trunk, he grabs a bayonet, throws it in the front seat runs back into his apartment, changes into his uniform, gets ready to head back out, but he can't get his door open because it's swelled shut. So now he's a prisoner in his apartment. He's sitting there yanking on the door. He starts screaming for help. His neighbor comes over, kicks the door in for him. He runs into his car, jumps into the front seat, forgetting that his bayonet is in the front seat. And he lands on it and stabs himself in the posterior. Okay, so what happens? He ends up in the hospital, and the doctor's talking to him about, how in the world, how in the world did you get stabbed in the, in the, behind? And so the guy tells him the story, and he says, what was going on? And here's what he said. He said, I think God was just trying to kill me, but he kept on missing. Now, I don't know about you all, but I say that qualifies as a bad day. Now, now some of you might say, I understand that. Now, if you had a better story than that, let me know, because I'll use it next time I preach. But, but we all know what bad days are like. And yet, what's interesting to me is I look into the Scripture, and it tells us in verse number 18 that we are to give God thanks in everything. Then you say, well, how do you give God thanks whenever things are bad? Well, I think one of the ways you can, one of the ways you can do that is you can tell God, thank you, that not every day is like this. You know, we are to give God thanks in, in everything, in bad circumstances. We're to give Him thanks in good circumstances. You know, in the book of Luke, there's a story of ten lepers. And it's a horrible, you know, horrible disease. It's a wasting disease, and they were shunned from the rest of the city. They would walk around yelling out to people that they were unclean, and they happened to come by Jesus, and they call out for healing, and Jesus heals every one of those men. You might remember the story, and they were rejoicing, and they and go away, but do you all remember how many came back to tell Jesus, thank you? Just one. Now, they were all ecstatic. They were all, they were all grateful, but only one came back to tell God, thank you for your deliverance. God, thank you for your healing. And the Bible says, I mean, we think that it's hard to give God thanks in bad times. You know what I'm learning? Man, sometimes it's hard for us to give God thanks even in good times. But God calls for thanksgiving from his people. You know, it's interesting to me, the word gratitude has the same root word for grace and whenever we are grateful we are reminded that God has extended grace to us and and the words think and thank have the same root word so whenever we take time to think about our lives we ought to be thankful for how God has worked in us and how God has blessed us do you know God loves thanksgiving you know, whenever you tell God thank you, that is something you can know that pleases God. You know, I, you like it too. You know, you like it whenever people come to you and tell you thank you for what, what you've done, especially whenever it's unexpected. It is something that is just simply nice to hear. But there is something powerful about having an attitude of gratitude. There was a man named Hans Seal who was the father of stress studies, and here's what, what he wrote. He says, gratitude produces more positive emotional energy than any other attitude in life. He said, gratitude, it is the antidote for all negative emotions and experiences in life. But being a grateful people, something's powerful. Something that's uplifting. And, and a part of your life and my life as believers is we ought to have an attitude of gratitude. But another level of thanksgiving that we're called to have in our life is to have an altitude of gratitude. And I'll try to explain what that means, but I want to read to you again just to remind you what, what the Lord tells us. He says, Give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It is God's will for you and I to have a heart of Thanksgiving. Now, why is that? Well, it's because if you have a heart of thanksgiving, it's like, you were wearing, it's like you were wearing glasses that have a lens of thanksgiving, and it changes the way you view everything when you view everything with a, with a spirit of thanksgiving. If the circumstances are bad, but you have a grateful spirit, it changes what your circumstances are like, how they're going to affect you. Uh, there's a, an old story about a, uh, four ladies that were in a retirement home in California, and they were all sitting around in a recreation room they're playing cards with one another and and they happened to see they happen to see this man walk by and they never seen him before and all these ladies were widows and so they saw this man he's kind of a nice looking older man and one of the ladies called out to him said hey are you new here so the man walked over to him he said yeah I just actually I just moved in today they said oh well one of the others said well, where did you where did you move in from he said I was in San Quentin and one of the ladies said that's a prison how long were you in prison for? He said, I was there for 20 years. And just got released. And So what were you in for? He said, well, I killed my, my wife. And then they all kind of got quiet, and one of the ladies on the side said, so you're single. <laughs> now, you know, whenever you, have a, whenever you have a positive attitude, you know, sort of changes the way that you view everything. Well, you know, whenever it comes to any situation in life, there's a couple of ways we can approach any situation in life. You, you can approach... Uh, Whatever you're facing in life You can be be angry You can gripe You can groan Or You can look at your circumstances And have a spirit of thanksgiving You can have a positive outlook You see once a Christian Once a Christian has been touched by Jesus It changes everything About his life You know why? You know why it changes your life? Because of what God's done for you Let's think about it. Whenever whenever you've been touched by Jesus, He gives forgiveness. Whenever you've been touched by Jesus, you can know that God has prepared a place for an eternity for His people. So it doesn't matter what circumstances you are facing in your life. Those things are guaranteed for you by God. Circumstances, I understand, they can be horrible. I don't enjoy them either. But in the big picture... They just simply last for a short period of time. And so whenever I have a spirit of gratitude and my perspective is one of gratitude, then, then, my, then my field of vision is much greater because I don't just simply see the narrow negative things that are happening in my life. You know, one thing I've noticed about people who, are, who, are, who we consider great people, people who've done great things, I will, I will look at them and one of the things that I notice about them is that they are people who are grateful. And then I, I look at my own life, and I think, you know, so, so many times in my own life, it's very easy for me. I notice that I am constantly adding to my prayer list when I need to actually be constantly adding to my praise list. And I notice that's not always easy to be thankful, is it? You know, it's not easy to be thankful whenever you're stuck in traffic and you're already 30 minutes late for work. You know, it's not easy to be thankful whenever you have a loved one walk out on you. It's not easy to be thankful whenever a doctor's report isn't what you want it to be. There are times where it just seems like, you know, like man, it's impossible, impossible for me to give thanks. I have nothing to be thankful for. But let me tell you something. That, that it is God's will, according to verse 18, for you to be a person of thanksgiving. And if it's God's will for you, then this is something we can know. God will never call you and me to do something that he won't empower us to do. In Philippians 4:13 it says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now if it's God's will for you to give thanks, then God is going to enable you to be able to give thanks. Now just because we give thanks it doesn't mean that our circumstances are going to change. Now don't don't you can't sometimes I try to trick my circumstances thinking. If I'm grateful, then it's gonna change my circumstances. That it doesn't always mean that. But here's what Thanksgiving does. Thanksgiving can change what those circumstances can do to you. And that's the that's the altitude of gratitude. You see, whenever I have a spirit like that, then I begin to see things from God's perspective instead of my own. And so in, in Thanksgiving, there's some levels of thanksgiving I ought to have. I ought to have an attitude of gratitude, I ought to have an altitude of gratitude. And then this is the last one. I ought to have the latitude of gratitude. And again, in, in verse 18, it says, You give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, now, latitude is dealing with width. And so, my question is, How wide is your spirit of thanksgiving? Because naturally, for me, mine's, it's very, it can be very narrow. When the good things are happening, I can be grateful. But if things aren't necessarily going my way, then my Thanksgiving sort of stops, that's where griping begins to take over. So so what is your your latitude of Thanksgiving? You know, I I think of an example of the latitude of Thanksgiving. In Acts chapter 16, there's a story about two men named Paul and Silas. Paul's the one who wrote this book, uh, the book of 1 Thessalonians. And Paul and Silas had been imprisoned for their faith. And so they're thrown into jail. I mean, they've been beaten. They're thrown into jail. You know what they're doing in jail, Acts 16? It says they were singing. They're singing praises to God. So they're sitting there in prison, you know, they're all beat up. And so what they do, they start singing praise songs. These guys are crazy. Okay, it says they're doing this, an earthquake happens. And it says it shakes the ground so much that it blows the prison doors wide open. And then we're told that there was, this was in Philippi. The Philippian jailer, later on we learned that he becomes a follower of God. Now he went, so if I saw an earthquake, I think I'd, you know, I'd be right there with them. These guys are singing about Jesus. I'd be like, yeah, I want that too. Okay, that's not, that, that's not what happened. When the earthquake happened, we're told that the Philippian jailer wanted to kill himself. And the reason why was because with Roman soldiers, if you ever lost a prisoner, the penalty was you were to be executed. How would you like to have that job? I mean, talk about you have to be perfect. So if you ever mess up, you're going to die. And so the the gates fly open. The guy's like, these guys are going to run out. I'm going to go and take my own life. But he doesn't do it because what happened? Paul and Silas stayed. They sit there. They're still singing away. Isn't that cool? Earthquake. And they're singing praises to Jesus. And the Philippian jailer comes to them. What is going on? And you know what they did? They told him about Jesus. They stayed because they wanted him to hear about Jesus. Guys, that is an example of the latitude of gratitude. You see, whenever you've been touched by God, you know one thing you want to do? You want to share it with others. You want other people to know about him. And that's how you can know that you've been touched by Jesus. That is an example of your thanksgiving spirit being large because you want other people to be included in it. Now, there's a a story about a man. He was 80 years old, and he was out, out in his yard, and he was planting trees, little peach trees, little, I guess like little saplings or something. And, and a, his neighbor came over to him, he'd known him for a long time, and he walked over to him and said, Bill, what are you doing? He so said, I'm planting peach trees. He said, Bill, you're 80. He said, you're never going to be able to eat a peach off that tree. Which, you know, the guy was like, well, thanks. He kind of laughed. He said, that's true, probably not going to do it. He said, but, you know, I've been eating peaches my whole life. And he said, you know, I just thought that somebody else would like to eat them too. He said, so I just thought I'd kind of pay it forward. Now, now, to me, when I saw that story, I was like, yeah, that's an example of the kind of spirit of thanksgiving that moves beyond yourself and you want to share it with others. Paul and Silas, they wanted to share the grace of God with a Philippian jailer. But what about us? You know, we, we live, we are living in a world right now where people are dying for Grace. Where people are hungry to know that there is hope. You watch the news, man, there's a lot of people who don't think there's any hope. Christians, let me tell you something. There is hope in Jesus. There is a life beyond this one. There is a God who can take our sin and he can forgive it and give us a new start. And so that that is why the spirit of thanksgiving is is so important. So the question for me and the question for you is, do you have a spirit of thanksgiving? Because that is is God's will for your life. You want to know what God's will is for your life? It's to be a person who's thankful. To be a person who is thankful for God and what He has done for you. And so that means we ought to have an attitude of gratitude. We ought ought to have an altitude of gratitude. And then also to have a latitude of gratitude. Okay, so as we approach Thanksgiving, I know it's about food, it's about football, it's about all these different things. Because it is about Thanksgiving. It's about giving God thanks. And my question is, when's the last time you've done that? When is the last time you've taken time to just very simply say, God, I want to thank you. And I mean specifically. See God.